This is the Good Book Podcast with your host, Kylie. Hey everyone, my name is Kylie. This is the Good Book Podcast. I am so excited to be here with you. I'm so excited to be starting this podcast. This is my first episode, so bear with me. I am working through a lot of things with this podcast. I'm learning a lot. If you don't know, I previously had a podcast that I was a co-host on called Rosie Day's Podcast, where me and my other co-host would read and review books, which is what I will be doing with this podcast as well. However, me and my co-host, we went separate ways, unfortunately, and the podcast does not exist anymore, unfortunately. So here we are. It's just me now, and that's okay. That is perfectly fine. However, he did a lot of the editing. Actually, I take that back. He did all of the editing as far as the actual content that you're hearing goes. He also did a lot of the social media aspect as well. I came up with a bunch of ideas, but he was the one that actually brought it to life. So now I'm just having to learn how to do all of that on my own. And it's fine. I am learning. So just bear with me until it gets to the point where it is really good. (laughs) We're just going to do our best. We are just winging it here and doing our best. So a little backstory about me is I am 29 years old. I enjoy reading in my free time. I try my best to read as often as possible, but you know how life goes. I intend to have new episodes released every Tuesday with this podcast. However, some episodes may not be a full book review. It just kind of depends on what life is looking like. It depends on how busy I am, how much time I have to edit, how much extra time I have to read books. So sometimes it may just be... I don't know if I started a new book and I'm on chapter 25, then I will just review from page one to chapter 25. But I'm going to try my best to stick to a new book every single week for you guys and giving you some new content. With that being said, this is the first episode and I will be reviewing a book this week. The book I'm going to be reviewing this week for you is Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros. Now, I may be saying her last name incorrectly, and if so, I do apologize. However, one thing you should know about me in advance is that I will probably never take the time (laughs) to look up correct pronunciations of names or words in fantasy books. I'm sorry. If I say it wrong, then I just say it wrong. If you want to correct me, feel free to. You can find me on Instagram or TikTok at Good Book Podcast, and you can send me a voice recording of the correct pronunciation, and I will definitely keep that in mind. However, I am already stretched thin with time already, and trying to remember to do that is just not on my list. Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros takes you on a riveting journey through love and aviation. When a talented pilot and a determined mechanic join forces, they navigate not only the skies, but also the challenges of their own hearts. 
Set against the backdrop of adrenaline-pumping aerial maneuvers, this romance soars to new heights, exploring passion, courage, and the irresistible pull of gravity-defying love. If you don't know, this book is about dragons, and that's very exciting. I think that that is awesome. Before we move any further, I do want to announce the trigger warnings for this book. The trigger warnings are war themes, mention of heart failure, loss of a parent in the past, loss of a loved one or friend, loss of an animal or dragon, death, murder, blood, violence, vomit, anxiety depiction, self-sacrificing actions, and ableism. I do always feel that it is very important to announce trigger warnings because I don't know what will trigger other people and I would hate to recommend a book that triggers someone. So I will always announce my trigger warnings for a book. I purchased the hardback edition of this book. There were two versions of the hardback edition. The one that I purchased is just the regular copy. However, there was a copy that has black on the edges and little depictions of dragons along the edges of the book as well. I thought that was super cool, but they didn't have that at the second and Charles that I went to. <laughs> so we just got the regular degular and that's perfectly fine too. Nothing wrong with that. The jacket for this book is so cool. It is a gold color. There is the fourth wing. I'm assuming emblem on the front of the cover. There's dragons in it. There's clouds. It's just super interesting. On the spine, there's more clouds and a dragon. The back has a quote from Article 1, Section 1 of the Dragon Riders Codex. It says, a dragon without its rider is a tragedy. A rider without their dragon is dead. And that is very important throughout this book. Very important. The inside of the jacket also has the description of the book. But the blurb is inside of the front cover, there is a map to the continent. It has all of the areas that are talked about within this book, which is super cool because I'm a visual person. So sometimes seeing where they're talking about gives me a better sense of what's actually happening. The back of the book also has the same map. And inside of the jacket at the back, there is a description about the author. In the very back of this book, after the acknowledgments, there are two two or three chapters of another book by Tracy Wolf and Nina Croft called Starbringer. It's just a teaser. Just gives you a few chapters so you can read it and possibly like it or maybe not like it. Just, you know, shows you what's out there. This book has 498 pages in it. It took me about three days to read this book, and that is with working a full-time job and being a full-time parent as well. This book was one of those that I could not put down. I read it while I took my breaks. I read it on my lunch break. I read it before going to bed while my son was, you know, taking his shower and I'm just kind of unwinding for the night. I would read it then. It was a very good book. I would say that there are little bits of smut within this book, more so towards the end rather than throughout the book. There's also inclusion of the LGBTQ community, which I thought was really great. I thought it was executed well. Authors sometimes have a tendency to be inclusive, but it doesn't feel authentic. It feels very forced, like I threw this in here just to say I did it, rather than I really wanted to be inclusive of the LGBTQ community. I wouldn't say that this book is extremely spicy, but there were definitely some sexual scenes towards the end of it. I maybe should have mentioned that in the trigger warnings, but it's okay, here we are. 
there are talks of sex there are sex scenes included in this book this book is supposed to be book one of a five book series it is the only one that is currently out so far book two which is iron flame is set to be released on november 7th 2023 it is a little concerning that book one already includes as much information as it does and we still have four books to go if you have read Akatar by Sarah J. Moss, this is giving A Court of Thorns and Roses Tamlin. And I hope that's not what happens, but that is what it is giving to me. So from here, I want to go ahead and announce the official spoiler alert. If you have not read this book, stop here. Go purchase the book and read it, then come back. From here on out, the rest of this episode will have spoilers in it. So the main character in this book, her name is Violet, as you know. I want to talk about the relationship with Violet and Dane, first of all. If you remember correctly, Dane is the best friend. I don't like Dane. I think that Dane has always been her ride or die, but to me, he's giving fake. He's giving ulterior motives. He's giving good on the outside, bad on the inside. Like, he's up to something, and he's involved in stuff that he hasn't told Violet, and I don't like it. I don't trust him. Zayden, on the other hand, oh my god, I love Zayden so far. I love Zayden and Violet together. However, like I just mentioned before the spoiler alert, it is very concerning that they have already fallen in love and had this huge connection, this sexual chemistry, and it's only book one. Because it makes you wonder, like, how how is the rest of this series going to go? Where is it going to go from here? Because if there's not some big huge breakup or some huge heartache in the upcoming books how is it going to continue to be interesting on that end of the spectrum throughout four more books there were a lot of cliffhangers as far as you know the ending of this book but that one was kind of they already did everything so what happens next i am so ready for book two to come out i'm so ready to read iron flame you can also pre-order it. I have not pre-ordered it, but you can pre-order it if you want to. I think it's so neat that whenever they were able to, what was it called? I don't remember what it was even called now. I read this book. I'm going to be honest with you. I read this book about a month ago, and it was before I decided to launch this podcast. So I don't exactly remember all the specifics i'm doing my best to recall the information whatever it was called where they go pick their dragons i thought it was so cool that she ended up with two and don't even ask me how you pronounce their name (laughs) i do not have the slightest clue (laughs) like at all i'm just so not good with names especially names that are in these fantasy books because they're always made up and i don't even know where to begin with that but it's okay we're going to call them T and A. I'm assuming T is Tarin or Terran, but I'm not too sure how you pronounce A. I think it would maybe be Andarna, Tarin and Andarna, maybe. I thought it was so cool that she was able to actually like link up with two of them. She bonded. I think bonded is what it was called. She bonded with both of them, which was super interesting. Because nobody does that. Nobody's done that. You know, that was wild. I love the fact that Violet was the underdog. No one expected her to do anything. No one expected anything from her. Everyone expected her to fail. 
And I honestly think that her mother may have knowledge of what's to come with Violet. I think that she either has a feeling or has been advised of what may come from Violet and that she is actually a threat to them. And I think that's why her mother actually forced her into the writer's quadrant. She was thinking that there's no way. So if we get rid of her without actually getting rid of her, you know what I'm saying? Then she won't be a threat anymore. But it didn't work. Violet survived. Violet came out on top. She did the thing. She persevered. She conquered. She's strong. She was doubted so strongly by everyone, even herself. She doubted herself so much and she actually ended up coming through and accomplishing a lot. And now that she has bonded two dragons and she has kind of learned some of her powers, her ability to wield lightning like that's wild. No one expected her to be as powerful as she is. And I love that. We love a good female underdog. Her mother, though. She, I don't like her. I don't like her at all. I don't like her. I think that she is probably not a good one. I think that she is doing things that maybe she shouldn't do. She's, I think she's a bad guy. I don't think that she's one of the good ones. And I think that we should watch out for her in the upcoming books because I just have a hunch, maybe not a hunch, a feeling that she's just someone that we should be looking out for. I think that the reason behind all of the rebellion relic carriers was so sad. All of their families just gone, just murdered, no longer exist. I thought that was so sad. I think that that is just awful. But I do love that Zayden has taken everyone under his wing. I do love that he is looking out for them and that he has done everything in his power, even though it means doing things that could get him in trouble. He's doing it for the greater good. And while everyone of higher power seem to think that the relic carriers are the bad guys, I don't think that's so. I think that everyone in the higher power are the bad guys. I cannot wait until book two because I feel like there's just going to be a war on the home front. Who sent them out on that mission at the end? You know, who made that call? Because I don't think that they knew, like, Violet wasn't supposed to be there. And I think that they thought everyone would get murdered. And they would cease to exist, and we wouldn't have to deal with them anymore. They would no longer be a threat to society. But that was not the case. Violet went, and she also helped save as many as she did. There were definitely a lot of unexpected twists in this book. I would say that Dane being such a sleazeball was a twist that I didn't see coming. I thought that he would just be the good best friend. It doesn't appear to be so. It seems that he is one of the bad guys as well. I could be wrong. That's just how I feel about it. Also, her falling for Zayden and Zayden falling for her as well. So early on was a twist that I didn't see coming. I felt like that would happen, but I did not think it would happen in book one. Another twist that I absolutely did not see coming was her brother being alive at the end in the village. Like what? They recreated Navare. Is it? Is that what it's called? I think that may have been what the area was called. They recreated it and Brendan was there. This whole time, she thought he was dead, and he wasn't. What a revelation. When I finished that last page, my mind was so blown. I didn't even know what to do. I was like, oh, my God. It was one of those where you're, like, laying down reading, and you immediately sit up, and you just gasp. You're looking around for someone to share this, oh, my God, feeling with, but there's no one there because you're reading it alone. But 
flabbergasted, blown away. I was so shocked by that. Getting back to Violet's mother and how she saw Violet, I think that what she saw in Violet is also what Zayden saw in Violet. But I think that Violet's mother saw strength in her as a threat and Zayden saw it as a come up and he saw potential in her. I think that he was drawn to that and he knew that he could use that to his advantage in the best way possible, not saying that he took advantage of her, but she would be a great ally to have on his team. The love interest, I think, developed over time as well. I think he didn't want to fall in love with her, but he did. However, I think that Violet's mother was trying to quiet her by putting her in the writer's program. I think that she thought that maybe she would not survive it, but Zeta made sure that she did. I do want to note that there is a trigger warning in the very beginning of the book that says fourth wing is a non-stop thrilling adventure fantasy set in the brutal and competitive world of a military college for dragon riders which includes elements regarding war battle hand-to-hand combat perilous situations blood intense violence brutal injuries death poisoning graphic language and sexual activities that are shown on the page so there is a trigger warning in the beginning of the book i didn't even realize till just now when i was reading through it looking through some of the pages that's interesting and i would say that it was very accurate (laughs) i think that it was very good that it involves those trigger warnings at the beginning of the book because not everyone's going to listen to this episode not everyone's going to hear trigger warnings beforehand or even think to look them up so i think that that was great i think all books should incorporate that i think that the world building in this book was amazing there were lots of it the way the author described it made it seem like it's a real life event it's real life places and you wouldn't even know that it's a whole different world that it's make-believe you would think that it's real especially with the touches on how the military operates because that is somewhat similar to real day-to-day military operations i mean obviously it's a stretch there are not dragons involved and whatnot, but the way that they have like your chain of command and formation, the way that they go train and whatnot, like that is all very accurate. So I think that that was different because most, I don't have a lot of experience in reading fantasy. I've read some of Sarah J. Moss's books, but fantasy is not something that I typically read. However, I've never read any that had a military setting as well, because it seems to be that most fantasy books that I've read were just about fairies and magic, whereas this was fantasy and had like the dragon magical touch to it. However, it also had a real life touch to it as well. So I thought that was really cool because it made it seem relatable. And I liked that. I also liked that there are other books like Harry Potter, the Divergent series. I'm sure there's a bunch more that also have like the magical school and training and like dystopia type vibes to them. However, I feel like this one was just different. It didn't seem like, oh, I've read this before. It didn't feel redundant to me. And maybe that's just because I don't have a lot of experience within like fantasy or dystopia. But I liked it. I think that that was really interesting. I have read the Divergent series and I have read Harry Potter as well. But I didn't feel like, oh, I've already read this. Like this, this is the same thing. I do see where there could be a correlation between the Divergent series just because of the strong female lead and her being like an underdog that comes out on top. I can see that. I think it's different. I think that different vibe. At the end, Violet realizes that the book that she had in her childhood that were about Venom 
and Wyvern, could be saying that part wrong, was actually correct. She thought it was just a story, like a fairy tale fable that her father had given her. But upon doing research, she realized no one else has this book. None of the scribes can find this book in their records whatsoever. And still up until the very end, she didn't believe that it could actually be the truth, that it could actually be happening, be a realistic thing. However, it is. It very much is. And I can imagine that that would be so painful to find out that the rulers, the academy, her mother, everyone in charge have been lying and hiding all of these things because they know. They know. But they're hiding it and trying to cover it up. They're even trying to cover up about the rebellion, how that went down, what happened with that. I think that the kingdom is probably corrupt, almost like Hunger Games type corrupt, you know? Like, I think that they are trying to keep it all a secret. And I think that's one of the reasons why they weren't too sure about having those children from the rebellion be part of the school. I think that's why they had so many rules in place, like them not being able to gather in groups of three or more. I think that's why Violet was such a threat. I'm not too sure what happened with Brendan, whether they know that he's actually still alive or if him dying was a cover story because they couldn't find him because something crazy happened. I'm not too sure about that, but I feel like that is part of the deception and part of whatever is hidden by the kingdom. I really enjoyed this book. I enjoyed reading it. I do recommend it. I meant to do this at the beginning of the episode, more towards like the trigger warnings range. However, I forgot until just now. But I would give this book a five-star good book rating. I really enjoyed this book. I really liked this book. I liked the way that it was written. I liked the author. I liked the way things played out, the suspense, the plot twist, the cliffhanger at the end. I like that it is part of a series and that there is more to come. It didn't just leave us hanging there. I am looking forward to Iron Flame, and I am so ready for that to come out. I loved this book. I loved everything about it. I don't have any complaints. I would also like to know what you thought about this book. Hit me up on TikTok or Instagram. I haven't posted any content to TikTok just yet. I'm working on it. I'm getting there. I will post. I will be posting some content. But hit me up on Instagram or TikTok. Follow me. Like the content. Send me some messages. The handle is at goodbookpodcast for both. You can also email me. The email address is thegoodbookpodcast pod at gmail.com the word the good book pod at gmail.com send me an email i would love to hear some book suggestions send me some messages or emails with some book suggestions let me know what you guys thought of this book of fourth wing if you have read it and send me some suggestions on books that you think would be good or books that you haven't read yet but you would like for me to read first before you dive into I do not mind doing that whatsoever. Reach out to me. Let me know. Also, please rate and review the podcast on either Spotify or Apple, whichever platform you are listening on. Please leave me a rating and a review. I will be back next week with a new book. Like I said, it will be releasing every Tuesday. So next week I will be reviewing a new book. And I hope that you guys have a great week. I hope that you enjoyed this first episode. Like I said, bear with me as far as editing, as far as how content comes about. I'm getting into the groove of it. I haven't done a podcast since July now. That's when Rosie Day's podcast separated. Getting into the rhythm of doing a podcast again is a lot, as well as learning how to do the behind the scenes work. That's also a lot. So 
doing my best here. Just bear with me. Stick along for the ride because it will get good. This episode's going to be great. I am not even doubting that for a moment. I know this episode is going to be bomb. But will it get better? Yes. It will get sweeter with time. I promise you. Because everything does, right? Everything always does. So anyways, I hope that you all have a great Tuesday and a great rest of your week. I will be back next Tuesday with a brand new episode. Bye!